And what is up, everybody? I am your host, Javier Reyes. Very special interview today. On the line calling in now from a somewhat undisclosed location. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Is Mr. Clay Enos, iconic, my own, my legendary own photographer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Speak one more time, please. It's, it's my own personal bat cave. <laughs> That's awesome. Great reference for sure. Um, Clay, for those who don't know, is a great still photographer who's worked a lot on WB Pictures projects like Watchmen and most recently A Star is Born and the upcoming Wonder Woman 1984. Really excited to have him on. Now, Clay, you've been you've been a part of the, the these DC films, right? And I talk about superhero stuff a lot on my show. And let me tell you, this, this, we're kind of an anti-DC show. I'm a pro-Marvel person. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm definitely, from, from your work, and especially with Watchmen, I'm a really big fan of what you do with your photographs. I really like that you capture almost, how do I put this, like a candidness with these gritty, like photos. You know, I was checking your website before, and I've seen Watchmen, a movie that I'm personally a big fan of. Can you talk us through, like, what your technique is? Because I really think you have a... A, a specialty, a, a nice signature. I think there, you can tell, like, that's Clay Eno's photography when you see something. Well, well, that's very kind. I would say that my my approach to photography is a, as a form of conversation. And mm-hmm. so if, if there's a sincerity that I bring, then that should translate into the photograph, right? If I'm truly interested or, or genuinely attracted to my subject, then that should show up in the photograph. And maybe that's what you're seeing. It's hard to know, of course. It all goes by in fractions of a second. But the and 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 then, of course, for much of the movie stuff, mm-hmm. I'm photographing sort of remarkably well cast, interestingly costumed, perfectly mm-hmm. made up characters. And so it's sort of hard to make a bad picture. I'm not I'm not trying to diminish my participation, mm-hmm. but but I am I am just a a piece of that giant puzzle. Mm-hmm. Now, could you could you walk through? Because I'm not like a you know I pretend to know what I'm talking about a lot of times on my show when it comes to movies. Could you just what's like? How do you how would you describe still photography? Like what what is that? You know what I mean? For people who don't perhaps aren't as on a on a movie set. Do you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, on a movie set. Yeah, so I think it was a position born of a time when film was this precious thing that went through the camera, and it was the exclusive domain of the editors and the directors as the film. Uh, came into being. And of course, the marketing arm of any given studio was keen to start that process and couldn't get access to the film. So they would send a still photographer to kind of be the eyes and ears of, more the eyes, of the marketing team and to kind of Mm -hmm. amass material that they could turn into the posters. Movies back in the day were a lot quicker turnaround than they are today. Mm -hmm. And so there was urgency to get independent imagery and that position lingers today and on a huge film like the superhero films you know my images end up on soda cans and right right cereal boxes and happy meals and you name it mm-hmm. it's really kind of fun and so yeah. you are essentially part of the marketing machine but because i come from an artistic background i always try and put my little artistic spin on it wherever mm-hmm. i can yeah, I understand that for sure. And me personally, as a writer, you know what I mean? I try and do the same thing as well. I'm not trying to compare myself, of course. But I definitely understand that there's there's a process that comes with all these things. And with that, I'm yeah. wondering, this is kind of a specific question. For me, for writing, obviously, I get it all the time, constantly. I get writer's block a lot, right? And it's really hard to overcome that. 
Do you think there's like a a photography equivalent to writer's block, would you say? Well, I think there's in, – in any artistic endeavor, there are inhibitions that need to be overcome. Mm-hmm. And so while it may – it may just be in the form of not being motivated to go out and take the picture or just being mm. shy or being, mm. you know, you, you can come up with any number of excuses. It doesn't have the sort of the, the gravitas of writer's block. Mm-hmm. But I think any photographer has experienced an apprehension and a reluctance as they put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it doesn't because perhaps it doesn't manifest itself in such sort of dramatic ways you know writer's block is the stuff of <laughs> of movies at times right mm-hmm. uh, we rarely see that exemplified and as for photographers but i do think there's something similar you try and avoid it and also because look writing is a lot harder to some extent right mm-hmm. I, I literally push a button on a device and a photo <laughs> gets made you your your efforts are crafting and finding words of which there's so many uh, There's a little bit, it's a little easier to perhaps overcome the equivalent in photography. You're too kind. You're too kind, but don't be modest. (laughs) I, I wonder with, with, with your craft, how did, how did this start? You know, you went, you went to college in Ithaca and you got your degree in film photography and visual arts. How did you like what, of course you, you, um, you went to college with Zack Snyder's wife, right? And that kind of helped you know, get you in the door, if I, if you don't mind, for sure. of for this, sure. this industry, you know, and, and for me in college right now, we're taught, you know, they tell us a lot of times what that you need to make connections and in, in, in the field in order to, you know, make it in the industry. What would you say to people about that? What, what was your experience kind of doing that? Any advice for, for prospective, you know, filmmakers well, I, or photographers? Yeah, look, I think you're the friends you make in college several of which will be sources of potential work. They have to remember you as the person who was, you know, always dedicated to being in the radio studio and prioritize that over, you know, wrong hits and whatever that goes on <laughs> these days, right? It's where, so your network isn't just the people you know. It's, it's who knows you and how they see you, right? I, I was the artsy photographer guy, whatever, right? I was the that was how people remembered me. Mm. And uh, when it came time to go, you know, I visited the set of 300 with Zach and Debbie and I saw there was a still photographer. It wasn't a huge stretch for, for Debbie to say, Hey, let's give Clay a chance. Mm-hmm. He, he's always loved it. This is what you know, he was. He's been doing this for X amount of years. That's who he is. And so I think similarly, anybody in college today, don't, you don't necessarily have to be funless. <laughs> but but because the the cliche is who, who do you know I'm gonna flip it around and say who knows you and how do they know mm, you mm, I like and, that. and what capacity mm-hmm. that's cool that's and cool. and then the max that out so it benefits you down the line and it and it could be ten years from now mm-hmm. I see I see that's that's interesting I've never I've never actually like thought of it that way who knows you okay I'm gonna keep that in mind Clyde. thank all, you so much I know lots of people right I mean I you know I work in movie sets I know famous people galore. Mm-hmm. That were to matter, mm-hmm. right? But they're not turning around and saying, <laughs> "Let's give Clay a chance." Right, right, right. There's so many people out <laughs> there, just, you know. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. So, but if they, if that day comes when they're like, "Oh my God, you need a photographer." I know that guy. I, you know, I know just the person. That's that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to have happen. For sure, for sure. Now, 
feel free to name drop as much as you want. You mentioned that, you know, you work with a lot of famous people. Who do you think are some of like, like you recently worked on A Star is Born, which is a movie I'm a huge fan of. I think it was actually quite robbed, criminally robbed at the Oscars this year in a lot of ways. But so I'm, I'm pro A Star is Born. And that movie has Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and all these people. You know, what, who do you think, what is it like working with those people? And what do you think are like some of your most memorable moments? Like who have you worked with that you were like, wow, this is like an incredible thing I'm witnessing right now? Well, I mean, in in terms of performance, Lady Gaga was quite remarkable. Mm. You know, she is, she is a, a born performer. And, and as a rule, given the nature of films that I've, I've participated in, you know, uh, tearing up on set isn't mm. isn't the norm. And she had me do it twice, mm. right? I mean, part of that is the nature of the performance and, and the mm. role she was playing. But she's really quite something, and I, awesome, to be exact. Uh, and then in terms of other stuff, you know, I love working with Gal Gadot, who is just mm-hmm. couldn't be sweeter and more more fun to watch as Wonder Woman. And since I've I've been with her since her casting, in terms of making her pictures as Wonder Woman, that there's there's a level of relationship there mm-hmm. that, that takes it away from any other kind of fame or stardom and just into a friendship and relationship. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, in a perfect world, I'm not I'm not awestruck by by you know their status in the world, but more about just having a nice conversation. You know, mm-hmm. when you're sitting in the having a cup of coffee in the dark corner of the studio. Mm-hmm. So that's more of my style. Right. So you would say it's almost once you, you know, kind of are in this industry and once you're working with these people, it becomes a little bit of a norm and it becomes just people who, if I could say it this way, are just, they love their craft and eventually that yeah. becomes the common language. Yeah, exactly. And that runs the gamut from, from still photographer to actor down to you know, the grips and the electric. When you, when you get a nice team together and you're working for months together, there's this lovely sort of cohesive, uh, Everyone knows their responsibilities and, and, and is, is aligned, usually under the, the auspices of a good director. Mm-hmm. They always say it's top-down along those lines, you know, that starts at the top. And I would, I would generally agree. And the actors fit in there mm-hmm. uh, as well. You know, if you've got some sort of super diva, whatever, who's, who's always shooing me off set because they don't like the still photographer, that's really just signaling. Mm-hmm. And, everyone, and everyone gets the message. Right. Has that ever happened to you with anything no, else? It no, it oh, happens. It but happens. That's okay. not, it's not something you worry about. In fact, right. it's one of those few times when I feel like I'm actually contributing because <laughs> I'm I'm on set every day not making the movie, right? I work for the publicity arm of things. And so I could be curled up in the corner having a nap, to be honest. I mean, it might be my last movie, but, but the movie gets made regardless of my participation. When I'm actually shooed away by an actor trying to sort of signal that they're in a bad mood, that's my I play the role of pawn and everybody tightens up the ship a little bit as a result. Mm-hmm. I see. So, but the, but it's a very rare thing. And mm-hmm. it is you don't take it personally. It's not it has nothing to do with me or my position. Mm-hmm. It, it has everything to do with with an actor who needs to tighten up the ship a little bit, send the signal. Right, right. I'm curious. You mentioned before that you teared up on set. Um, watching Lady Gaga perform. Do you remember what scene that is? Just because well, without, might give without me, yeah. giving too much away, but okay. there was a there was a, a song sung at the end where the okay. set was a bunch of beautiful light bulbs right. in the dress, mm-hmm. and um, and another scene when she returns home and is upset. 
Okay. Smash it some picture frames. All right, great. Thank you so much. Now I'll have a greater appreciation. Every time I see it, and I'll think of this interview, that'd be great. Um, now to pivot, because this is college radio, I was wondering, like, have you ever had any experiences in college radio or anything like that before? You know what? A long time ago, I DJed for a for our local station in Ithaca, and I was into new age music, to give you a little sense of how old I am. And I snuck on Van Halen's uh, eruption. Because in my mind, there was a there was an instrumental quality to that. And needless to say, it was my last time DJing at that station. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like a, a big music guy? Uh, you know what? I was more so. Like a lot of youth, youth has a way of inviting music into our lives. And, and as we get grow up, there's less adventure in that front, with, with those exceptions, of course. So no, I, my wife sort of runs the playlist in the house. <laughs> I'm wondering, do you have like any collection of vinyl? If you if you had like maybe like two or three that you could save, like what would those be? You know, because I know that there's Why? there's like kind of an artistic love and affection. Is there something endearing about vinyl? You know, that people really like. Oh my god, yeah. And I would spend, you know, as a visual person, I would spend hours staring at mm -hmm. Yes album covers or, right. or Rush's moving pictures mm. exit stage left but i mean i was i was always enamored with with all of that but i don't have anything like that when you live in a one bedroom in manhattan you you uh <laughs> you have to slough off a lot of your youthful uh, <laughs> collection yeah I, I can understand that you know um but, and, and now with with our little home pod or whatever right it is quite something to kind of rack your brain and it'll play siri will play you anything you can dream of Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of fun. I'm, I've been wandering through music of my youth from Columbia Record House. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. Right, right. I understand that. Yeah, album covers are always just fun to, to look at. And they're really important, too. I think sometimes uh, they are. people forget how important they can be. Um, they are. And yet, and yet we nowadays, because there are so many ways to immerse yourself in other kinds of visuals, you know, YouTube and, and right. all these ways to uh, to to watch musicians. I would have died to watch Van Halen mm. perform live back in the day. And now you can kind of just go peruse yeah. YouTube and see a million different shows. I mean, what a treat. Mm -hmm, for sure. Do you think that, because this is kind of a conversation about society in general right now, do you think that because of that instant access, do you think that takes away sometimes from the appreciation for artists? I know that for me, you know, sometimes just in sports, People talk about Michael Jordan all the time in my generation too, but sometimes we didn't like see him live. Do you think that there's there's something to that that you can't quite, no matter how much video is out there, or no no matter how many pictures or whatever it is, that that instant access that the internet gives us that maybe that takes away? Do you feel that that is true? I don't know. I I'm not a very good sort of cultural critic, but I would mm -hmm. say that we we have a tendency towards nostalgic thinking, and so I'd be cautious to think that somehow it was always better before we're we're as an artist we are always looking forward and if you want to comment on today's sort of instant qualities then you should just go do that and see what comes of it i'm it's not for me to sit here and just use uh words to, mm -hmm. to lament or celebrate i'd right. rather go express my feeling right. about our the state of today for sure, for sure. That's the most like artist thing you could possibly say. I appreciate that. Um, 
is that a, maybe that's an easy out too? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Whatever, whatever out you want. Um, I'm wondering though, when it comes to just another kind of artistic related question, what are some of like your inspirations? And and to be more specific, if you can answer this question as well, is there like a specific? You know, I'm not you know overly familiar with this world, but like a photograph or an image that is kind of always in your mind when it comes to your work. Because for me. In writing, I always point back to this very specific piece I read years ago from a website called Grantland, which is now no longer there. It was about the Yankees. It was this Yankees suck is actually what it was called. And I actually love the Yankees. And I always remember that piece being the one that I was like, wow, I want to, like, do this. Like, this is incredible Gosh. storytelling. Do you have, like, any – maybe not even – maybe just a couple specifics that you can remember or point to? Look, I have I have favorite photographers, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure I have set pieces, set mm. works. Because the works, like 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 a, a bottle of wine, you know, there that encapsulates a whole story of a growing season and a, in a place, you know, and a, and a winemaker's vision, and a, and a photograph can often be that too. So when you look at Richard Avedon's in the American West mm-hmm. and these amazing portraits of these amazing people, but you consider that there was casting and there was travel and there was this whole right the happenstance but it's natural light all of that that adventure still lives in those portraits mm-hmm. and i love that and mm-hmm. i try to make images that have that same kind of narrative structure even though it's just a picture of a person for sure and for and sure. And, mm-hmm. and it also depends a little bit because there's so many kinds of photography if i'm making portraits versus say just an iphone landscape or you know or some sort of quirky observation so different references will come into my head based on that. I wouldn't, unlike writing, you know, your you, the visual vernacular is radically different mm-hmm. depending on what you're shooting. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty cool. I was just curious, um, for sure. Yeah. I'm curious about a lot of things. You know, you've got a, you've got some impressive work for sure. And one of the things you came on to to talk about was your workshop from March 16th to 17th in Nashville. Um, it's a White yeah, Avenue Studio weekend. thing. Yeah, it's this weekend. Um, could you talk about that for a little bit? Because I'm surprised at some of the things here. I don't know anything about photography. Would you recommend this to people who have no experience? Maybe some. What kind of you know, seminar is this? How would you describe it? I mean, I would say this is a seminar for people who love photography mm-hmm. and who are curious. They don't have to be photographers or, uh, or even necessarily own a fancy camera. It's about engaging with photography at a level that makes their pictures better, right? We all have our phones in our pockets. And and time and time again, people are always saying, oh, I'm not very good. And it's really just because they haven't clicked a few switches in their mind to make themselves better. And I'd like to sort of tap that and then practice and have some fun with that Mm -hmm. by, by showing some of my own work and then making some together. The idea of, of teaching in an intimate, you know, two-day seminar, too, is just a ton of fun for me to, to mm-hmm. have the back and forth and the the experience that I had years ago learning in a similar setting was invaluable. And, and I, why not carry that tradition on? For sure. Now, if people if, if people are interested, how is it that how does how do they go about the registration process for the process? Well, for got, I'm part of a, a lovely new upstart social mm-hmm. network that has no ads, no algorithms, no data mining, right. right? It's sort of the future called Vero. Right. And you could go to Vero.co, download it onto your phone or iPad and uh and just find me and register. Mm-hmm. 
Just simple as that. It, it integrates with Apple Pay. It's, it's all quite simple. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would encourage people to poke around Vero just to kind of get their heads around how to be social at a human scale again, mm-hmm. instead of the kind of bizarro land of showing off and posturing that the other ones That's seem interesting. to elicit. That's interesting. Yeah, Vero sounds almost like a, a Star Trek villain when I saw the... The social network, the when I saw the app at first, I was like, "What? This is an interesting name." Um, <laughs> it's based on the word "truth," right? Veritas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, been, yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, so, w- with this workshop, what? Or I'm sorry, with this the social app, what is it? What is it that you feel is removed? Like you were mentioning, a more, a more human side of things. Is that like? Could yeah. you describe the app and whatnot? How it works? Yeah, I mean, look, we human beings naturally share. Mm-hmm. That's how we've moved through and developed, you know, civilization. Good ideas spread, and what has happened over the last decade or so with this sort of algorithmic ad sales model is we've all kind of been co-opted. Our brains have been co-opted. The dopamine receptors have been overstimulated, and Vero sort of sets up a different, more more natural way of sharing by stripping away all the ads and not needing any algorithms and keeping your feed linear uh, and really honoring content makers and and organizing your social life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, my favorite piece of the app is I when I go to a new town, you used to just call a friend, and I still might, of course, mm-hmm. but I can tap and know what all my friends, where they've eaten in that town. Just with a few taps of a button, you know, really, really brings that kind of your friends become a resource, not an audience. Mm. Interesting. Which is what, you know, Instagram and all this other stuff, it's, it's sort of a strange, we've culturally shifted into this kind of show off culture or, mm-hmm. or contrived culture. Mm-hmm. And Vero asks us to return to a, to a more natural sharing and be interesting mm-hmm. uh, way of being. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that. I agree 100%. I think sometimes there's a, a, a that negative side of social media that you're kind of alluding to um, that feels you know a little bit artificial. And I like the the sound of this app here. Might give it might, yeah, might give it, it a try give too. It a world. What's, yeah. what's really fun is they're on the cusp of becoming a subscription based service. Mm. But if you sign up now, you'll never pay. Mm-hmm. It'll be free for life. And and even when it does become subscription, I think people will clue in to the idea mm-hmm. that 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 sanctuary is worth paying for. Mm-hmm. kind of to declutter their lives of of advertising and data trackers and and all the other sort of bizarro behind the scenes stuff that that Facebook seems to be weekly revealing. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a big big one of the biggest stories going on right now. It seems like every day I check the news something else is coming out. Um Yeah. Um speaking of just the last like question. I I couldn't help but ask about this. You might have to to kill everybody after I ask this, if you reveal anything, but is there anything you can tell us about Wonder Woman 1984, which I know that you're also a part of? Other than we finished filming and they're <laughs> post-production. Right. No, but I think you should be, I think there, the excitement and the curiosity mm-hmm. is merited mm-hmm. for, for a follow-up to the, you know, immense success of the first film. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, of course, a ton of fun to make with so many of the same people. Uh, involved, not just actors, but crew as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a it was a little bit of an old home week. You know, it's like getting back to summer camp and we're making our movie. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm, I'm just, I just, that must be amazing just being a part of just 
this huge project, you know what I mean, that everybody's kind of anticipating so much. Even a, a Marvel guy like myself, I love the first Wonder Woman, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, and, and I think in the end, like when you, you say you're also a Watchmen fan, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always sort of dumbstruck with the way this genre continues to persevere and capture people's attention. I thought Watchmen would put an end to the genre. <laughs> I, I was wrong. No, absolutely. Yeah, this is going to, I think this, it's fair to say this is probably going to continue for a little bit long, longer. Yeah, yeah I, I think wonder, it's going to go. I, yeah. I wonder if they thought the same about like Westerns back in the day, you know, it, it was like they couldn't get enough Westerns and then one day no more Westerns got made. Mm-hmm. For sure. I wonder if we're going to run into the same problem with superhero mm-hmm. movies. Personally, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a little bit longer. But that's just me. Right. That's just me. I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit biased. Look, I'm a fanboy. Look, I, I won't. I mean, it's been a lovely run for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's hope it keeps going. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Clay, it's uh, it's been a lovely time um, talking with you. Um, thank you for, for joining me today. And for those listeners who are interested in photography... Or, or Clay's work, you can head over to clayenos.com and find all of the details of the upcoming two-day workshop seminar in Nashville this weekend, or you can check it out on the Vero app. Clay, um, any final words before I let you go? Thank you very much. No, it was really fun. Fun mm-hmm. to share. Nice For conversation. Sure. Yeah, it was great. It was a really fun time. Thank you so much, Clay. just listening to Jump by Van Halen, of course. Van Halen, Clay Enos, photography, movies, Warner Brothers, Watchmen, superheroes, everything. That was awesome. Um, I'm really happy that I did that. Mr. Me, Javier Reyes, the Digital Dash. Always doing interesting stuff, but I have to say this might be one of the the more interesting things. Actually, not even the more, the most interesting. Um, I really enjoyed talking with Clay about all sorts of things, the creative process, and I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as well. I was nervous. I was, I was nervous for sure, as one gets when they're talking to important people. I think that's just kind of comes with the territory, but it wasn't too bad, you know, just just hanging in there now. I'm a little starstruck in a lot of ways, recovering from what just happened in a little bit. Um, but yeah, for sure, just this, me, the College Radio News Network, WMSC, everything's going well here, you know, and I'm glad to be a part of it. 